everybody. Welcome back to The Pod Crashed. This week, we're telling the story of Cathay Pacific Flight 780. That's all staying in. <laughs> As you know, Mariah, yeah. I, our friends do not, of course, I had to text you like a few hours ago to be like, yeah. did we do this <laughs> story before? Because yeah. I could not feel more like i've written out these notes before <laughs> i don't know Fair. but you maybe you have you not maybe you it. have written out the notes and they're just maybe there's some lost and yeah lost forever but i asked brian i like give him the flight number i give you the yeah. flight number um yeah but we so we haven't so if we put this episode <laughs> out and somebody hears this and they're like yeah you did it in like march of 20." 21 i'd be like okay believable right <laughs> but but just average the two episodes together take whatever yeah. we say find the middle information that's great right assume just believe what you want just, exactly. just listen to your heart so so today we are doing cathay pacific flight 780 uh cathay pacific is uh a hong kong based airline we are flying an A330, so like beautiful, nice aircraft. Mm. It is April 13th, 19, nope, 2010. <laughs> so 2010, a fine year. Okay. Uh, pretty darn recent. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're flying from Surabaya in Indonesia to the hub in uh, Hong Kong. So great. Weather's yeah. nice. It's a beautiful day. Spring in the, you know, Pacific. Like it's what's not to like. Right. Beautiful. Uh, it is like a yeah, it is like a a clear day, obviously, if you're so Surabaya to Hong Kong is about a four and a half hour flight. Obviously there's gonna be some clouds along the way. It's all over the ocean, but broadly speaking, no real weather. Mm no real wind they're leaving at eight in the morning yeah everything's fine everything's cool um the (laughs) our captain is uh captain malcolm and malcolm is 35 making him one of the youngest uh captains at cathay pacific and uh he has been with cathay for oops for for 12 years so he has just total career guy that means he's lived in hong kong for 12 years he actually Mm. moved from australia which is where he's from to hong kong to you know be really throw himself into this career with this airline so he's well liked well respected but despite such a long career with the airline he's only flown with the first officer once before and our first officer's name is david and i know i don't usually say last names but david's last name is hey ho and that's hey. just a supreme hey ho. last name hey ho hey ho. <laughs> or hi ho so maybe Hi-ho. equally good hey ho hi ho yeah it's off to work we go i love Be- i love david i love yeah. his name i hope he's happy well i was so, also thinking of yeah. um Oh, what the hell is that? The, yeah, the song. Yeah. The game show. Yeah. 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 Everything. All of it. It's a great name. It's a great <laughs> so name. Good. 
So we've got David. David is the first officer. He's 37, uh, but he's only been with Cathay for three years because prior to that, he had a 12-year career in the Australian Royal Air Force. So hmm. he was a fighter pilot with uh, the Australian RAF. Oh, had wow, his okay. career there and then decided he wanted to work for Cathay. So he, So these are, you know, again, two very experienced wonderful pilots both australian but working for a chinese airline yeah <laughs> and um both but they've this is only the second time they've ever flown together which is you know just i think most pilots who have flown for the airline have had a chance to fly with malcolm at some point but david's only gotten to do it once hmm. the our wonderful plane itself the um airbus a330 is 12 years old so you know yeah it's not too young not too old in the middle of its little plane life and we've got 322 people on board so we're pretty pretty full that's pretty pretty big yeah it's a pretty big yeah yeah two pilots 11 flight attendants and 309 passengers so yeah it's it's pretty full uh we're getting ready to take off Uh, i've got four and a half hour flight on over to hong kong they fuel up, they fill up the plane with people, fill up the plane with fuel, depart at 8.24 a.m., and rock it on down the runway. They lift off, no problem, everything's normal, and the takeoff roll, they start to ascend, and as they start to climb away from the runway, they've got some, like, weird readings. No warnings, no lights, no sounds, nothing like that, but they're... These are conscientious, highly professional pilots, and so they're watching all the gauges. And they can see these, like, weird engine pressure ratio fluctuations, like the engine pressure ratio. So um, the EPR, it, it is similar to, like, an RPM, uh, like, measurement that you would see on your car. So it's kind of, like, telling you how... Just how much power, just how much, what, what you're getting out of your engine, mm, right? Yeah. And because it's measuring, like, the pressure of fuel within the engine. And it's, like, it's not, again, no warnings or anything. It's not, like, they're fluctuating wildly. Yeah. It's just a little weird. It's just a little weird. And, but it all stays within safe limits. Um, okay. I mean, you know. Yeah. Okay. So they ascend away from the airport with, you know, like, take note. Hmm, a little weird. Uh, off they go. So as they continue to, you know, ascend, about 30 minutes into the flight, they're at their cruising altitude of 39,000 feet above the ocean. And they get an ECAM, like, Ding! Warning. So for anyone who might not recall, uh, the ECAM is the electric, electronic centralized aircraft monitoring system, the computer, mm. the, the plane's computer that talks to you. And uh, they get a little ding ECAM message and it says engine two control system fault and engine two slow response. Mm. They're like, mm, yeah. Hmm. So engine two, for anyone who doesn't know, there's, there's two engines on this plane. Engine two is going to be the one on the right. So next to David, the first officer. 
they call maintenance and chat with maintenance, you know, say like we've got these ECAM messages. When we look at the engine two like gauges and readings, like all of it looks normal to us, but the ECAM is telling us something's wrong with it. The slow response, what that basically means is the engine is telling the plane and the plane is telling you, like, don't make any crazy like fluctuations in the power. Like don't don't like don't the the if you try to change thrust on engine two, like really like put it up to full thrust or pull it back. If you try to do that too quickly, the engine's just letting you know you can't do that. You gotta give me some extra time. You gotta just, you know, slow and gentle. And they uh, the The uh, maintenance guy who's on the phone is, you know, whatever. He says, like, the parameters are normal. I think it's fine. It's fine. Like, you know, we'll, you know, just keep an eye on it. Turn it off. See if it comes back on. Keep going. You're fine. I mean, they're headed to Hong Kong. The maintenance Mm -hmm. guy is in Hong Kong because Hong Kong is where Cathay lives. So they're flying the Cathay plane back to the place where Cathay lives, and they're going to... Like any, they'll, they'll take a look at it when you get here, right? It's not dangerous. Right. It's fine. Cool. So they keep flying. Uh, and then two hours into this four and a half hour flight, like ding, they get that engine two control system fault message again. And they call the maintenance guy again. And he says like okay so and they like talk through everything they try the uh, anti-ice system they turn on the anti-ice maybe they're at 39,000 feet maybe ice is somehow building up in there Hmm, right they turn the anti-icing system on it doesn't do anything nothing changes uh, the maintenance guy is like okay so you have those weird fluctuations on both engines while you were ascending during the like while you were ascending up to cruising altitude so maybe engine one is like compensating for whatever weirdness is happening on engine two so it's weird but engine one is fine then and you can totally get here on one engine that's the whole reason there are two engines in the first place right mm-hmm. so i mean it said like if it's only a problem with one engine and again, yeah. you are on your way to the place where we can repair this plane. It's safe. Just keep coming. And uh, we'll replace the fuel metering unit once you get here. Mm. And they're like, okay. Yeah. So they keep flying over the ocean. And yeah, it is fine, right? They fly for another two hours. They're now four hours into the four and a half hour flight and they're ready to start descending toward Hong Kong. For anyone who doesn't know, the Hong Kong airport is <laughs> just like a dream that they made true. Okay. <laughs> Hong Kong, like space is uh, like at a very high premium in Hong Kong. Yeah. And there was like the idea of an island and they were like, we could land planes there. Like off right off of Hong Kong, there's like this little island is a strong word. And then they were like, We'll just add dirt to make the island more, more island. And so they like literally 
like physically made the island bigger to put the runways on it so it's yeah it's uh, kind of i think i've never flown there i think it's actually a pretty cool yeah uh like place to land you're like i don't know yeah it's like docking a boat almost right right how do they get like is there a bridge or like yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah a bridge Mainland. there's a bridge over from from the um it's not far like again it's oh, okay. the it's idea like of really an island right and it's like yeah it's really right there which is part of what can be kind of crazy depending on what angle you're coming in from <laughs> right like you're flying like right over the city so <laughs> um, which i think they've made changes i know they added they made the island more island again like expanded <laughs> the expanded the airport by making more island That's and then putting insane. a runway on it yeah it's, I, it's serious business i don't understand how just adding more dirt makes an island just make more island just make more island just make more island honestly <laughs> new york should try it just make yeah. more island yeah just make Nassau the airport County should one definitely be rooms. out out in the ocean yeah just just throw them out why there. not LaGuardia is close just right. just finish the job yeah <laughs> the um they start to descend down toward hong kong they're about a half hour away now and they start to feel this like vibration in the cockpit and they can feel this vibration and they feel like like this like pop thud like little like bumps along with the vibration and they can like smell this weird smell and they uh, that's not normal that's not good they know they've had issues with the engines they get the ecam message again now it says engine one control system fault engine two stall and now they a stall in that context means a compressor stall meaning that the engine is is telling you that it can't keep producing any power Mm. at all so they are half an hour away, which is close, but not that close. Right. And they've already started their descent. And now they're getting an error message for engine one and engine two is like telling them that it's calling it quits. Like, no, oh, thank God. you. So this is a problem. This is a big problem. Yeah. They look at the parameters for engine two, like what it is, what it says it's putting out against the ECAM saying that it's stalled. And that doesn't make sense. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it's still like they got to they, they bring it back to idle because the ECAM maybe knows something they don't know. They bring it back to idle. Malcolm is flying. So he sets engine two on idle, engine one, even though engine one is giving them a ECAM message saying that something is wrong, they have no choice. They have to put it up to full throttle. They have to. They have no choice. Right. So he pushes that all the way up to full thrust, pulls engine two all the way back, and the vibrations and the sounds stop. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. We can get there on one engine. We can get there on one engine. No. It's fine. They check everything. They talk about what they should do. And uh, David says, like, I'm going to call air traffic control and say, like, pan, pan. I'm going to, we're going to, you know, not mayday, but pan, pan. You know, like, something is wrong. We need to, you know, we need to get down on the ground once we get there. Please don't make us, like, put us in a holding pattern or whatever. But, like, you know, let's let them know what's going on. Yeah. So... 
David does that. Malcolm takes over flying the plane, and uh, David calls, tells air traffic control. Air traffic control is absolutely on top of it. They call emergency services, have them on standby. They um, give them like priority, so they're routing them directly, so they're going to have a straight-in approach and be able to just come in and land on the runway, be at first dibs on the runway. Hong Kong is a busy airport so first dibs is actually pretty yeah. nice and yeah. again they can they can land on one engine that's fine it's not even that far it's fine the situation is under control malcolm decides he's gonna see if there's anything like visually obviously weird about engine two so he calls a flight attendant and uh, the flight attendant's name is Madeline and everyone calls her Mads and they mm. do call each other like she answers the phone when he calls and she says it's Mads and oh. and Malcolm says hi Mads and I just think that's great that's like, very cute. look at this yeah. rapport yeah so uh, and he says Mads can you go like just look out the window and look at engine two and tell us how it looks <laughs> and she they in the cabin there's no sense that anything is wrong right like all, yeah. things like this Maybe the vibration would make you feel kind of weird, but I don't know. If I was on a plane and it did like a little vibration, I might just be like, that's eh, normal. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, especially on descents where maybe you're going to get more turbulence and stuff. So, she goes and like look, leans over a passenger, <laughs> excuse me, sir, like looks out the window. <laughs> There's just nothing weird about it. Just, it looks looks like an engine, right? There's nothing obviously visually wrong with it. Yeah. The, passengers around she did not ask them this because she's a professional but i am pretty sure like very confident that if any of the passengers had seen the engine doing something weird and then a few minutes later the flight attendant comes and leans over and looks at the engine pretty sure i I would i would say like hey earlier i noticed you know the flames or whatever you know like so (laughs) nobody (laughs) no one pipes up with any you know offers any information or whatever (laughs) and says they've seen anything and she doesn't see anything so she goes back calls malcolm and david says engine looks normal to me you know and they're like okay yeah we're we're it's fine it's fine we're we're coming in anyway so uh mads says we're good to go air traffic control is made aware we're on the descent we're like 25 minutes away we're fine The vibrations start again. No. They get an ECAM message. Ding. Engine one. Stall. Well, okay. Their only engine that is on full throttle right now. Yeah. 100% supporting this plane by itself is telling them that it's going to have a compressor compressor stall. It's going to flame out. Uh... The ECAM is also saying, like, hey, engine one is going to flame out. You uh, should put it on idle. And they don't want it to, like, they don't know what the problem is, so they've got some altitude. They're not, they're not, like, about to, you know, they're not, like, a thousand feet off the ground. So they pull engine one back to idle. The vibration stops. But they're functionally gliding now. Oh, God. Like, 
we've had other situations where they've been gliding. This plane has all the fuel that they needed to get there. The engines are both on idle. They're not on fire. They didn't get hit with anything. But there's some problem. And they're gliding. She's so David quickly does some math and they essentially like going by their descent rate because now that they're gliding they're descending much more rapidly than they were so they're descending and math says that we have about six minutes left in the air and the airport is 22 minutes away the only thing in between them and the airport is the ocean right like there's no there's nothing there's no island there's no other airport there's nothing yeah ocean it's not you know no russian like you know master of of the wilderness is going to have you know manicured a runway for 10 years for them like it's just ocean right so they need to seriously talk about a water landing this is in 2010, April of 2010, which means that it's maybe 13, 14 months since the Sully flight, oh. right? Since the the U.S. Airways uh, landing on the Hudson River. Yeah. Okay. So this is very recent, right? But the Pacific Ocean is not the same at all as landing on the Hudson River, no. right? They have to, like, very seriously, they've got over 300 people in the back, babies, people in wheelchairs, everything, like anything you can imagine, right? And, and just the, the scramble, like, landing on the water in these conditions is, yeah, horrible. Is I mean, worst, worst case scenario. Fatal, right? Yeah. Some, like, it's, it's, it's not... Uh, it's not like, oh, it, this is serious. So they've yeah. gone from having like a kind of weird day to maybe we are going to die in six right. minutes. And so Malcolm is flying. David's doing math. David says, I'm going to start the water ditching checklist. And Malcolm's like, yep, yep. And so David just snaps into action, starts running through the water ditching checklist, right? Like that's doing what he has to and Malcolm is flying but it's not the flying itself isn't super complex and so this kind of like like David's doing that checklist and it kind of like gives him a minute to to think right mm-hmm. in like a very 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 scary situation and so he he like pauses to think and he 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 decides I'm just going to try I'm just going to try the engines again. They're on idle. They're not dead. They didn't stall, right? I'm just going to try the engines again. I'm not going to crash in the ocean without trying the engines again. Right. So he pushes the thrust forward on engine two, and it's been idling for like half an hour at this point in nothing, not vibrations, nothing. The engine just does not respond, period. It just will not, nothing. Uh, So he pulls it back to the idle position, even though it's not responding to his thrust uh, like inputs at all. He does the same thing with engine one. Nothing. It just it's just dead. It's like trying to turn on a light where the light bulb is dead. Just nothing happens. So. Damn it. It like he 
David sees all this happening. He's he's running through the checklist, right? And Malcolm has like, you know, like a visceral reaction like to like, oh, my God, like, we're actually going to have to land this plane in the ocean. Yeah. And David said, like, I'm going to call Mayday. Right. I'm going to do that. I'm going through the checklist, baby. Like, we're going to, you know. <laughs> yeah. And like Malcolm is is both of them are like the crew resource management here where they are like both just doing whatever they can think of, communicating, running the checklists figuring this out and so like malcolm's like yep yep call our sheriff control he calls mayday they explain what they can about what's going on what they know which isn't that much except that they have no engine thrust at all and they're gliding toward the ocean and so the air traffic controller in in hong kong is a this is very serious so but it, it changes the scenario so she's starting to contact people who would do like a water rescue right the david is going down 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 the checklist he uh opens the emergency engine restart checklist right he he finished the water ditching one he needs another checklist to go through let's we're he's like flipping through the book like what are we going to do so the the emergency engine restart checklist the turn it off and turn it back on right like try it right so he he says malcolm like i'm gonna just try to restart the engines let's try that and it it can't make anything worse right it's gonna be the same problem or maybe it'll be better right so uh malcolm agrees they start to run that checklist part of the checklist when you restart the engine in the air during an emergency is to invoke the power of baby belly propelli ah because what if the engines don't come back on then you're gonna need belly baby belly propelli so the ram air turbine for anyone who doesn't know so the they let little belly propelli down and he starts to give them just that little extra electricity can't do anything about the fuel can't make the engines go but just doing his part (laughs) just doing his part the they day. run through they run through the checklist for engine two to try to restart it. It doesn't restart. Nothing. They're gonna be in the water in a few minutes. Yeah. In like two minutes. They start to prepare for the water landing. They still haven't told the crew yet. It's gonna be the last thing they do because they know people will panic and the preparation that the passengers and the flight attendants have to do they're already everybody's buckled all of that because they're descending so they're running through whatever they can because not landing in the water if at all possible yeah is their first priority so malcolm is trying to look down and see the ocean and there's like a little bit of clouds here and there because they're they're trying to like basically see if they can pick a spot in the ocean that looks more calm which like the the i don't know like the persistence in the face of like futility that that because like when you're when we talk about it all the time like at night or during the day if 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 pilots know that they're going to crash and they try to pick a spot that's not populated right or a spot that's flat a spot that's not forested anything like this but trying to pick out a calmer spot in the ocean like it's it's good i'm this is not a criticism it's just heartbreaking because yeah what they're it's their it's way it's the ocean and i would imagine they like prepare 
as much as they can to like make those decisions of course but also like the dread of when that decision comes in their career is like horrifying and that like concept of like a calmer spot in the ocean and and incidentally the ocean is not calm they're looking down and they can see white caps and they can see and as he's looking down and they're in this moment where they've so far tried everything they can malcolm has like a thought the first ecam message they got said engine two slow response that was one of the first like when they first got an ecam message that was one of the two ecam messages and that one never came back on but engine two slow response the idea that you have to like baby the engines and like just push the thrust it, it you have to push the thrust forward or backward more slowly mm. that they hadn't tried. So he starts to like notch, just notch engine one forward, just like a little bit, just like moves it forward just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit as they're descending toward the ocean. So uh. I imagine the self control to slowly inch it forward not having an idea of you're burning time right but he just keeps his head on straight inches it forward inches it forward inches it forward and it responds the engine starts to spool up slowly 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 it gets over 50 percent 50 percent is not enough to keep them in level flight but okay he keeps spooling it up spooling it up spooling it up And he gets to the point where he's like, oh, my gosh, I think that maybe we can do that like full thrust. We can get full thrust and full thrust is enough. Like that's that's a plane. Like if you have full thrust on one engine. You can do this. Right. So he pushes it all the way to full thrust and it starts to vibrate. It starts to like noise thuds popping all of this. So he pulls it back, 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 back until that stops slowly, 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 slowly gets to 74 percent. 74% no vibration, 74% of the, the, of thrust in one engine while the other engine is idling. David is our math guy. David says 74% is enough to keep us in level flight, not enough to ascend, but enough for level flight. So we can stay at this altitude and make it the rest of the way to the airport. This changes the game completely now they're not doing a water landing anymore that like just inching it like 74 percent. okay so okay okay so we're doing this we're doing this the the power increases they they're at 74 percent they start to run through their checklists for a landing under these conditions yeah the big thing being at 74 percent they are not going to crash into the ocean. They're going to be able to make it to the airport. But there is no go around. They cannot go around. They get one chance to land because yeah. if they have to go around, they just can't because the yeah. plane can stay on the same altitude or it can go lower, but it cannot go higher at this weight, at that speed, at that po- amount of thrust yeah. on the engine. So they're running their checklists communicating uh they're approaching hong kong they get within five miles so they're five miles from out out over the ocean from hong kong airport uh david does more math and david says okay so we don't know what the braking situation is going to be we don't know what the um they don't not gonna have 
it's very unlikely that they're going to have thrust reversers in the engine on engine two, right? And they don't know if they'll have thrust reversers on engine one. So they, they're just trying to figure out like how, how do we make sure that we don't mess up this landing and still, and just crash into the ocean on the other side of the, of the runway, right? Yeah. Like roll right off the runway. So uh, David does the math and what he says is like, okay, so uh, 5,500 feet. If we go to 5,500 feet above the ocean and we're pointed straight at the runway, just we're, we're lined up, we're ready to go. And then we slowly reduce the power on engine one. As we reduce the power in engine one, we'll continue to descend and slow down just right. And by the end of it, we'll have we'll pull engine one all the way back to idle and just glide on home, baby, like just yeah. land it. And that's the best plan they're going to get in the next Oof. like two minutes. Right? right. And it's a not a bad plan, David. Right. Good at math. Right. So <laughs> they're now three miles from Hong Kong. It's right in front of them. They can see it. And this is three miles is like that minutes. They're almost there. Malcolm push it, pulls the, the throttle all the way back in engine one and they're gliding again. But this time they're OK. This time mm. the math that David did tells them that they're going to be able to like slow down and descend at just the right rate. Just to glide right there onto the runway. Pulls the engine back to idle. Both engines are idling. At this moment, this, this, the fact that right now they are looking at the airport and they are completely on track, like their glide slope that they're anticipating is going to perfectly land them. This is like already a miracle because yeah. if they had not figured out how to get some power out of engine one, they would have crashed five minutes ago into the ocean, right? So already a miracle. Malcolm makes an announcement for the first time so again everybody in the cabin no idea that anything is wrong right the two pilots in the in the cockpit having the worst day of their lives yeah. right like the everybody in the cabin totally right. fine yeah. almost there right so malcolm makes an announcement and says as you may be aware we're having a small problem with our engines i'm sure he did not say it in this cadence just to be clear yeah. uh stay buckled and listen to the flight attendants right like to your cabin crew right listen like on. that good yeah. advice yeah always when landing but so he gives them this good advice with the <laughs> small part of information small bit of information about the small engine problem so they drop the gear flaps runway in sight air traffic control has they declared mayday air traffic control is on it they've got ems standing by Beautiful. there is nobody taking off or landing besides them they can land at either runway take your pick it's your airport <laughs> overspeed audible warning all of a sudden oh and that of any of every right. conceivable warning they could get at this moment that's the most bizarre an overspeed warning the plane screaming at them because they're going too fast is the most bizarre warning that could possibly go off right they 
both like they were home free and so they looked out and they're just like looking at the gauges and looking at the like looking at anything like they're what are you talking about overspeed that makes no sense yeah. the engines are idling david did the math they malcolm and david are staring at the gauges staring at the controls and malcolm sees it the engine one like lever to control the thrust is pulled all the way back to idle but the gauge says it's still at 74 percent so when he pulled it back to idle it did not slow down and idle it stayed at 74 percent so now they were gliding over the ocean talking about how how are we going to crash now they're way way over speed a hundred more than a hundred miles like 109 miles an hour over speed and they can't bring the engine down you do not land a plane with an engine on 74 percent power that is this is oh my gosh yeah so now but the runway is right in front of them they are 800 feet above the ocean right now engine one cannot be slowed down they and and it still can't be depended on for a go around they can't ascend right. on 74 percent. so they're just stuck this landing is happening and they are too fast and there is nothing they can do about it they they literally just have to do it this is happening malcolm is flying david is doing math he's calling out information like he's he's uh like saying the the altitude calling it out as they descend david is uh they they are like coming in coming in it's right in front of them they start to get the like like too low terrain pull up pull up like they start getting that warning because they're going so fast that the plane has no idea that they're trying to land and thinks that they're about to crash which maybe they are malcolm pushes the nose down the plane slams Mm. into the runway bounces and because they're going so fast when it bounces back up it starts it's flying it's just a couple inches off the ground but it's actually flying and and the engine so when you slam down like that right the force of slamming down does take some of the energy but they've got an engine creating more energy, right? right? So they slam down, bounce, they're flying, and then bam, back down onto the runway. The tires explode on oh. the left side. The the left engine hits like they don't land when they come back down. They don't land perfectly level, and the left engine smacks into the ground. And Malcolm pulls it back up and deploy the thrust reversers. Thrust reversers on engine one do deploy, but the thrust reversers on engine two do nothing. So it's extremely difficult just to steer Jeez. this runaway train. They they s- slam on the brakes like with all the force of their ancestors slam down on these brakes and just slide down Mm. the runway just as they're sliding down the runway the landing gear catches fire and they slide down 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 and the fire trucks are literally chasing them down the runway stop they stop they stop okay on the runway not in the water and they have like a fraction of a second to take that in when 
Malcolm says, like, what's the temperature on the brakes? And yeah. David looks at it and it's he said the the temperature gauge only goes up to 990 degrees Celsius and it's past the top. Oh. And so David looks at that and says over a thousand degrees and uh, uh, we have to evacuate now. And Malcolm just said small problem then the roughest most brutal landing of everyone's lives then Malcolm the next thing they hear out of the cockpit is Malcolm says this is the captain evacuate 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 and it does create a little bit of a panic just yep. to be totally blunt okay yep. the flight attendants immediately like open the doors those little slides shoot on down people I don't want to I'm not saying this to criticize everybody but they went off the plane the engine gear is on fire so while this is happening the firefighters are trying to like start to put out the fire while people are sliding down off the plane right they coat that fire in in all the foam in the world everybody lived oh thank everybody god lived. Uh, everybody lived 57 people had some kind of injury yeah but only one person was hospitalized and that was for um a broken arm and a dislocated shoulder i think that okay. happened when they during the evacuation and but everybody lived oh it my didn't god. oh i was holding <gasps> my breath uh, holy oh. cow that's crazy oh i cannot so, imagine being on that plane and then just having no. it slam into the ground oh because the, oh the, the flight attendants didn't have any uh like clue about just this, at this yeah mads heard that maybe can you check on engine right. two looks fine to me thanks boss just, like boom. and then little problem with the engines listen to the crew oh, and right. then evacuate evacuate right. evacuate like right. oh holy cow oh, oh everybody lives the plane lives too oh which wow is great. the plane lives all right which we love to see it yeah you go uh it was 12 years old so that was a real yeah. coin flip right right like if it was gonna be okay on the other side of this but it was um so what happened right <laughs> why Jeez. why plane why did you do this yeah uh the hong kong safety board of transportation i don't recall the exact name of it but mm. the the hong kong ntsb they are right there ready to go baby yeah. like and so they uh are going to prioritize checking out the engines the fuel system and the uh, like control systems, right? So is it the computer messed up in what it was telling the engines to do? Did the engines just mess up on their own mm -hmm. or is something weird with the fuel, right? And uh, very, like, immediately, immediately when they go to look at the fuel system, the fuel is full of, like, gummies, like little round gel what like balls like little like those little like water things like that you put yes. water in and they grow yes. like what are those called literally exactly like those like something that you would like have as a i don't know what i've never known what they're for actually decorations i don't know yeah, but those little yeah. round like what the fuck are those jelly called? jelly gel 
whatever. I don't uh, know. I don't know what. But I never understood the the craze of them. I I truly like, you and cool. me both. I do it's not cool. know. But they should not be in a fuel tank in an airplane. It should not be in a fuel tank. It shouldn't be in a fuel it tank. Be in your and so in right, literally in the fuel, there's all of these like millions of little spherical jelly jellies and inside the engines they're all gummed up with jelly and so it got the the controls stuck on like just where it got stuck basically so it was just like literally packed with jelly like the london one from a year ago like but different different jelly little round jelly instead of soup jelly i don't know jelly so they uh would like to know why Yeah. And what? Right. So they look at the spheres and they are super absorbent polymers. Uh, what? Right. Right. So they trace it back and say, like, where did the fuel come from? Surabaya. Surabaya Airport. Can we look at your fuel? Oh, right? no. Oh, so the here's so the fuel actually looks okay okay no little jellies but the filter that the fuel goes through before getting on the plane the filter that's supposed to filter out contaminants that could cause something like this the filter has started to degrade and the filter is made out of the super absorbent polymer and it it degraded for some reason the filter had degraded and basically spat all of the filter Oh my god! Like, yeah, into the fuel <gasps> on the plane. So, but why? It's a filter. That's not supposed to do that. No. Why would it do that? Why did it degrade? It's not. It they like. Is it just a thousand years old? No. Like why? Why? And so they like trace it back. And Surabaya Airport had expanded, and when they expanded, they needed to um, move. Uh, or like ex- extend the pipes underground that like transport the fuel to the different places where it needs to be. Yeah. And those pipes, when they had like placed them, they had whether it's I, micro imperfections or whatever, they it got contaminated with salt water, and the salt oh. water mixed with the fuel, and the salt water mixed with the fuel had started to degrade the the filters and on this plane it just got like an entire filters worth of the degraded filtration system just spat just pull they asked i don't i'm not going to name this person for a billion i'm don't look up his name leave him alone but the the person who uh, the the officials would like to talk to the person who fueled the plane yeah right like the person who actually like held the gas can and filled it up right and yeah. they were like hey that flight was there anything did you notice anything and he's like now that you mention it Stop. uh it was like vibrating and making a bunch of like <laughs> sounds and i had to like turn it off and turn it back on a few times while i was fueling and it's just like oh no Oh no, buddy! Yeah. Oh no, that's not good. What if, what if three hundred people had died? Yeah, champ. Like, oh no. And like, um, how many other planes were fueled by this thing that day? 
Right. So that's, thank God there was nothing else like this. This one basically got like the, like the, the, it it just got like by far the most of it. So whatever the degradation had the, I don't know this and somebody else can definitely tell me if this is wrong, but I think it's like when you have like a bath bomb, I guess I just have my little spheres and waters, what's on my brain or whatever, you know, like you put it in and for a while it's still a ball, still a ball, still a ball. And then all of a sudden it's just like powder, like gone. I think it's like the, the filtration system was spitting like some polymers in, but not that many. And then this one just got like a flood of the polymers, but they did have to go and like every plane that had been fueled there and like check the components or jellies and clean them out and everything and like i have i don't i did not come across the um fueler being like punished or anything and okay, like good, yeah. you can have your own opinion about it the world can have its own opinion sure, about sure, it sure, sure. i think that man probably made 75 cents an hour yeah. and i don't listen right what a weird weird experience def should have said something champ yeah remember that for next time yeah you didn't put salt water in there. Like, I, I you know, it's like he was right. one link in the chain. And right. he was maybe I mean, the link to, that would have been. He tried to fix it, you know. He's, he stopped yeah, and restarted he it. Did, he did. Right, right. He was maybe the, the only link that was like a human being at one point who, who could have prevented this. Yeah, yeah. But now the cat is meowing. So, um, but yeah, that's. Wow. Woo! Thank God. How does, so how do the like. Well, I would imagine when you like slam a um engine into the ground, it stops. But like how what does that engine do now that it's like at 75% or whatever? They had to completely turn it like off mm. to make it stop. They had to totally shut it off. So And they shut it off before they land or they didn't. They shut they shut it off immediately after landing okay. because they wanted the thrust reverser i think i i actually that's uh, gotcha, a good question gotcha, why gotcha. they didn't just like completely shut them off i, I don't know exactly right. someone knows um but they also had like three and a half seconds to make the decision yeah so there's you know right. it, it i mean extremely extremely scary yeah like 20 minutes yeah and so the the pilots I think are like very famous in Australia. Hello, Australian friends. And in Hong Kong, certainly maybe in general in China. Yeah. Um, But they won like a Polaris award, which is like a prestigious award for like heroic flying, you Mm. know, under like, you know, they were really recognized for this. And I think that, the visual of a plane landing on the Hudson and no one dying was so extreme and so powerful, yeah. right? So I feel like that, like that whole story, like totally eclipsed this story mm. in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Outside of like obviously aviation circles, but right, um, right, right. But it is like it's incredible, yeah, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, that I was, nobody oh, died. Yeah, just that nobody died. Yeah. Oh. Well, and I was gonna say too with the Sully thing, like I think it made a lot of people think like, oh yeah, this is 
not normal, but right. like it's a it's a possible thing that can happen, and it's like the the chances of this all being successful is no, you know, like chance Which, and extreme extraordinary skill, like because totally. you can be the best pilot in the universe and still not make that landing, you know. Well, think about our friends on the Ethiopian Airlines flight that got hijacked. Yeah, they had to land on the ocean and really saved you know about i i don't recall the exact numbers but like around half of the passengers lives and their own lives and that's miraculous right but what happened to them and that was also again i'm sure that that david and malcolm would have been aware of that as well because that was a big jet with hundreds of people on it that tried to land on the ocean and they knew it caught a wave because all all that has to happen is like a wave catches either wing which could have happened on the hudson i don't want to yeah. take anything away no of from course the not pilots. Yeah. but like thankfully the hudson is not the raging ocean right right, right. i'm right. very grateful for that that's good right. news right so so that like having the plane having a wave catch a wing and cartwheel like the ethiopian flight did yeah is much more likely what would happen and then that flight part of the reason why people survived is because he landed the plane close to shore or you know he ditched in the ocean Mm -hmm. the ethiopian airlines pilot ditched in the ocean very very close to shore this was still you know like would have been miles from from miles from shore exactly and it's not it would have been nightmarish yeah so and they knew that and still had to prepare for it. Mm. And I think that mental process of like needing to like very seriously prepare practically for maybe a really horrific crash into the ocean and yeah. you are the only one who has any power to mitigate that suffering, mm-hmm. but you don't have that much power right. at all right. to mitigate it. Like, that's a terrible position to be in. Mm. And that's, I mean, on some level, most of us have probably had that experience on, you know, probably hopefully a more minor level where you're like the only person who can make the situation better, (laughs) but you have extremely limited control over actually making it better. Exactly. And, oh, hard. But I will say, it's always good to keep a math guy around. Always. Oh, David with the math. David with the math. Both of them kept their head on straight and like Malcolm had to physically like the physical process of flying that plane while you're having like a visceral physical reaction to what's happening. And like David with the math, David with the like just both of them just totally kept their heads on straight and just did it. And that David with the math did give Malcolm like the mental space Mm -hmm. to think of that first ecam message that right. gave him the idea to push the throttles forward a sloop super super slowly which is what got them to the airport right instead of the ocean so like the crew resource management which is like it's aviation's word for teamwork right yeah. the teamwork <laughs> is like amazing and it saved their lives yeah it saved, yeah truly it's amazing wow but incredible yeah yeah love it love yeah. these guys love this flight are they still do they still keep flying 
Do we know? I don't know. Okay. I kind of think it's very possible, but I don't know. The cat is now enraged <laughs> that I've shut him out. He was meowing to leave, but cats cannot endure a closed door. They cannot. No. But they will dictate when the door is open. So you've never heard this story? Uh, so we must not have done it. I don't think so. No. No. You know who will know? Our boy Mukhtar. Yeah, he'll, he'll know. know. He'll tell us. He'll tell us. He'll tell us quick if we have yeah. messed up. Yeah. But yeah. Beautiful story. Uh, I mean, I loved hearing it again if we did. So and I'm sure you all did I, as well. What a pleasure yeah. to to have this experience. Right. But it does have a lot of the components we've talked about before, though, right? Yeah. It has yeah. like the the jelly and the fuel <laughs> and it has like yeah. the yeah. It's, the like it's one, one human chain effect. Oh, I know. Okay. I know. But yeah. I wonder what the he pilots is relieved. like. I wonder yes, he is very relieved. I wonder like how the pilots feel about that specifically. Like mm. I don't know. It would be, yeah, it's like, like such a you, surreal thing, you know, like you almost killed me and I know it wasn't your fault, but I literally almost died because of you, ooh, you know, that like that perspective, feeling. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing up that perspective because the pilots, one, at least one of the pilots does speak directly with the person doing the fueling usually mm. at some point because they're like making sure like agreeing on the weights and stuff yeah so those two people almost certainly like one of the pilots and the person who was like yeah this seems fine probably did speak to each other and that uh, might that like, might ooh, yeah yeah and, and just that visceral level of like i really needed you to give me a heads up on yeah, that yeah like we talked because we yeah that's yeah i appreciate that perspective yeah um and i don't know i mean maybe it's not right. that that black and white it just i don't know i think it would be like if i were if you know just if i were in that position i think it would be hard to not that not be the first place that i went like what the fuck bro you know yeah yeah no i get that that's yeah that's very real yeah yeah, yeah. it's and again, it's not that it's literally that person's fault. It's no, that he right. didn't say something. Exactly. Right? It's exactly. That he, didn't, he didn't like communicate yeah. that something is particularly weird about this fueling. But here's the other thing I don't know. Maybe the fuel trucks that they use are, are garbage, for all I know. Maybe yeah. all of them do weird things all the time because the pumps are old or something. And I don't, I don't know that. I'm not. I, I just right, am saying sure. like, there's Maybe weird stuff like that. Maybe it was just a normal like day for him. And it had right. never been a and problem. One, yeah. Right. Maybe this one is like weird in a different way, right, but right. the pumps are like that sometimes or, you know, I don't know. And if you said something every time, again, to go back to this for the staff working at the airport, like the gate agents, the um, everyone on the ramp, like those people are it is really, really hard to exaggerate the pressure to get your flight out on time and so bringing up a problem is your responsibility but it feels like setting yourself on fire because if you're going to say something that's going to delay the flight because now they're going to have to check and it might be nothing and i think it is the firmly the airline's fault 
for creating that level of pressure that yeah. makes people hesitate to say something. And it's not fair to passengers or crew at all because it's just that like crushing pressure to get the flight out on time. Right. And for like the lowest paid employees there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah, your, you're putting that responsibility chain. on them. Yeah. Right. But yeah. But again, I don't know anything about, I don't know anything about like Surabaya Airport. I don't know. Sure, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to pretend to. Right. But I know that in certainly in like the airports I've worked at, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Goodness. Yeah. Wow. Thankfully Ooh. they lived. Thank God. Is your fact about jelly? <laughs> it is not. It's about Star Trek, though. And uh, oh. Martin Luther King Jr. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Casey, did you know that Martin Luther King Jr. was a fan of Star Trek? I did not. Yeah, he was a big fan. I did not. Um, Yeah, they were were a show that had one of the first black women uh, on a cast as, like, a main character. Um, And so Mm. when it came out... um, Martin Luther King Jr. and his family and like his wife would watch Star Trek and it was like the only show that they would stay up to continue to watch um, because he thought it was just so important that there was a black character obviously Um, and um, where is it let me see I want to find the characters or the actress's name Um, Nichelle Nichols so Nichelle Nichols was the person who played the black, first black character on Star Trek and uh, she met Martin Luther King Jr. And that's how this all kind of came about. She met him one day when the show first came out um, and, you know, someone introduced them or whatever and they started talking about it and she was going to quit the show uh, because she had like another opportunity oh. and he was basically like, no, you have to stay on that oh, show wow. because it's it's that important. And she stayed on the fucking show because of it and oh yeah it's like a beautiful beautiful story um oh my god i didn't yeah. know that yeah and it's also uh surreal because of how not far gone like not how it's not been a long time since that has happened not at all um not at all yeah when i first saw this i was like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute how does that math how does that right how but it maths it's correct obviously um, that actress and the main i'm so sorry guys i don't know about starship i don't either but the main guy was like the first or not one of the first like interracial kisses on yes television, yes yep yeah yep you all know yeah uh i yeah, I'm never going to I'd get like his to name. think that at least 75% of our <laughs> listeners are Star Trek fans. Oh, I'm sure. Like I want to believe that. Yeah. I'm going to believe that. That's so fair. you all know. Yeah. Who I'm talking about, but yeah, who we're, we're talking about, but Yeah. So that's my fact. Very good. Yeah. It's a cute if story. A, it's a cute story. So yeah. if if you're more if you're interested in that, um mm. NPR has a good article about it. There's some like they're they're all fine, but there's like a lot of uh you know, like showbizcheatsheet.com or whatever before you get to the good stuff. Mm. So keep scrolling mm-hmm. if you look it up. Just gotta keep Yeah, you gotta look for that good source. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very nice story. 
That's so. very good. Yeah. <sighs> if this was like a different show, <laughs> I don't know. I really I was, would. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no. I was just going to say, I feel like there were so many things that we were like, we need to talk about this on the podcast. And then you and I did I not talk about it just as separate friends. And right. we need, we need one of those episodes. I think we had been, we've been talking about that for a minute. I know. Cause I would love, I mean, you know, I'd like to. We could do like an ask I mean, me anything it, episode where people could send us questions. Know, that's a thing. I was going to I was but I was I was going to say that I would really Okay, so like Martin Luther King Jr did not was not murdered the way that everyone thinks. They said he yeah. Was murdered. Yeah, no, no, no. Like full stop. No, full like, stop. Yeah. There's a lot of like wiggle room on like JFK, but no, like no, Martin no. Luther King Jr was like yeah. assassinated by law enforcement. Yeah. And that's just a fact i'm yeah. sorry like, i mean it's been but it's been proven in court though too i'm yes, pretty sure it has right like yeah. It, yeah yes but then people will still like but james earl ray still went to jail for it or whatever so he yeah. it's just kind of like and he met with um like his son yeah with the king jr's son and his son was just like did you kill my dad and he was yeah. like no and he's yep. like i know you didn't and yeah they just like had a chat I I mean it's it's like the evidence that he did not that James Earl Ray did not drive to Memphis to kill Martin Luther King Jr. is immense. But yeah, and I mean they have a whole exhibit about it at the Civil Rights Museum in Tennessee, um, at the Lorraine Motel. Um, like his mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. in like the house where he is, like he was allegedly shooting. Right. Like at him across the street from the hotel, there's mm-hmm. they made that specific house like a whole separate museum, basically dedicated to the evidence and like going about different, um, uh, what's the word? Not scenarios, but like different, um, hypothesis. Yeah, yeah, like of of how it could have happened or who could have done it or whatever. And yeah, basically the the exhibit ends with this whole huge thing. Like, here's all the proof. Like we know that he did not kill him, and we know who did, right. and this is this is it, right? And right, yeah, it was like I think a civil case that it was proved. Um, don't quote me on yeah, that though; I don't know was. for sure. Yeah, um, no, and the and that is I don't know in a different yeah, in a different show I would like to talk about that. But. Yeah, fair. I mean, and the thing that's weird is it puts you in the position of like defending James Earl Ray, who like no no prize, you know, right? Like, not exactly like just like a yeah but like not you it you didn't do this thing right you just didn't um i don't know yeah yeah but someone's gonna be the fall guy (sighs) what (laughs) a world yeah yeah no it's bananas that like 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 guess who's coming to dinner mm, that mm-hmm. movie like scandalous like that's but yes. also sydney poitier died like three years ago yeah like that's not that long ago Either. at all yeah it's exactly. not long ago at all like he 
plays like imagine the scandal of your white daughter being married to me exactly beautiful immaculate sydney poitier and i'm a doctor the scandal and then (laughs) such a scandal and then he he lived to be an adult in a movie about like the scandal of of coming you know meeting my white girlfriend's parents yeah or maybe wife maybe they were already married in that movie i don't remember now and then live to see like have like an iphone 10 you exactly. know like that's oh my god bananas. yeah yeah i remember i don't know this was a different podcast <laughs> yeah so much so oh, much oh my gosh but on that note yes on that note i love you so much i love you too thank you for being along for the ride now my cat is attacking i don't know (laughs) if you guys are hearing some interference but the cat is attacking speaking of interference full stop i did drop my mic oh the super bowl i can't believe we haven't talked about it yet oh my god yes but wait also for interference and poor brian i did drop my fucking mic four times during that before that uh recording 100%. 100%. It'll be fine. We'll do it. We'll, he he Brian, will see the the lines. He will see it. Yeah. And he will fix it. Yeah. Poor sweet love him. Brian. Thank you, Brian. Love Everybody you. send a card to Brian. Please. Please. <laughs> please. Please. That's do. what we should do. Yeah. 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 Get him a nice card. Go to Brian's card. Uh, but yes, the Super Bowl. Yeah. So for reference, guys, Fucking we're talking this. We're recording this on Valentine's Day. So, <laughs> but you're going to hear it like after the super bowl yeah, fine. <laughs> so sorry about that but okay you and i have talked about it yeah but i <laughs> have something i want to say about please this. please <laughs> okay um the holding call at the end of the game yeah against philly yeah. like the that i agree yeah it was bullshit yeah my dudes I'm not trying to hurt your feelings at all. Yeah. But hyper Philly fans, God bless you. NFC fans, mm-hmm. God bless you. Hyper fixating on the holding call. Yeah. And ignoring the entire s- touchdown that the refs yeah. just stole from KC is not reasonable okay i'm not trying to be mean but there was a whole ass touchdown and if you say that touchdown did not count because he did not have possession excuse me uh, but like three minutes later (laughs) they said that catch where let's be honest friends the dude did not have possession (laughs) until he was completely off the field and they said he did have possession. Yeah. So those were two incredibly favorable calls in your direction. So you got to chill about the yeah. holding call, I think. Yeah. Should we start a And that is pure nonsense to anyone who didn't watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> Should we, though? Yeah, no. I mean, I mean yeah. people, are, people are going nuts over that, over that holding call. Like both but ways, the, though. Like literally an entire ways. touchdown. Yeah, no, exactly. The rest stole. Uh, guys. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Should there be any refs in the Super Bowl? I don't know. Maybe not. Just let the boys play. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just let the lads, like, honor system. You yeah, guys made it this far. You guys you know, know how to play you, the game. You know the rules. Like, 
let's go okay but that the <laughs> i think we know what happened because the nfc championship they played as if there were no refs looking at that right punching each other to death and so <laughs> yeah yeah God. Have boxing refs instead of football refs. Exactly. Have like That's everyone's dad. Yes. Like re- reti- yes. <laughs> retired boxing refs are the refs for. Yeah. Or like an umpire. Just get like a medley. Yeah. Right. Of like, I, I don't of, see. Of, I don't know if umpires could do it because they got to run. They're not. Umpires don't run much. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because that's the other thing. Like, you know. As much shit as refs get, I do appreciate because those motherfuckers are old and they can run. I mean, they're not all the, old. That but athleticism. Like, yeah, athleticism. No, that's real. On, I mean, some of these fuckers, are, they look like they're 70. Like, God bless they, you. You're keeping up with a 20-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they have to run alongside like right. the fastest even if, people. Yeah, even if you're like 45, like, damn. Or any age, like 19. Right. That's, yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> like, like Right now. I don't, yeah, but no, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, oh, okay. I, I truly have no way. I, I have never watched a basketball game, so mm. I actually don't know yeah. what the ref situation is in basketball. Are they on um, the court? Yeah, they are. They're running up and down. Interesting. How many well, are there? there um, are they called refs? Yeah, they're called refs. I think there's four. Four? Yeah. Two on each sideline. Four. And I think they run up and down. Is that real? There are nine. There. Wait, wait. There are 14 people on the court and 10 of them are the biggest people in the world. Uh, Yeah. That's, wait, maybe they're not on the wow. court, though. No, they can't they be on the court. a little bit court. off. Yeah, I think they're like, they're like, uh, like on the side. What's the interesting? Uh, I forget. Like the sideline. I line, truly you know? have never watched a basketball game. Listen, uh, the playoffs are fun. The playoffs are a really good time, and mm. and you have to watch. This is the perfect time to watch. Like seven minutes left in the fourth, turn on a basketball game. It's the best thing you've ever watched. It's like thirty oh, I, thirty yeah. minutes, super high intensity. Usually the score is pretty close. But like, yeah, I, I, I don't doubt it. Yeah. The first, like, you know, first three quarters, I'm like, mm. <laughs> that's a joke. And, you know, when I was a kid, we had the Amherst like season tickets, yeah. um, which is like the AHL, like minor league hockey team. And it's like a joke. It's apocryphal. I don't know if it's true, but when Rochester, like first, like first home game for the Amherst they like finished the third period and everybody like stayed and like somebody had to come out and be like it's not it's it's not like all the other sports there's only three (laughs) like there's no fourth period like they're gone sorry game's over please leave like you know but perfect oh yeah I, i do i do i love sports so much yeah i really do yeah Women's sports is the future. <sighs> did you see the flag football commercial? I did. Oh, beautiful. Also, I can't believe we didn't talk about this. First thing. The fucking, and no one's going to hear it because it's all the way at the end. The fucking Canadian commercial. The commercial for the nation of Canada? For the literal nation of Canada. In, advertised at advertised the Super Bowl. Advertised at the Super Bowl <laughs> by none other than. The fuck's his name? Justin Trudeau? No. <laughs> you know him. 
Yeah, he's been in like a billion things. A lot things. is happening. Yeah, a lot is happening. Brains are fading fast. <laughs> the cat has fallen yes, asleep. Yes, it's beautiful. All right, friends. Mariah, I love you Casey, so much. I love you. Thank we you. love all of you. Each and every one of you. Yes. Shine bright like a diamond. Amen. Good night. <laughs> beautiful. Oh, wait, you got to do your thing. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. It is unbelievable to me that anyone on earth made it to this part of the episode after listening to us talk about so many things that have nothing to do with aviation. But uh, if you have made it this far, thank you. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us for any reason, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and at thepodcrashed at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We really do. Um, and we can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for listening.